Hello and welcome to Dance of the Seventh Daughter podcast. Dance of the Seventh Daughter is a virtual temple space centered around themes of the divine feminine, sacred sisterhood, goddess worship, and community. On top of this podcast, Dance of the Seventh Daughter provides an online academic blog, an artist alley where we celebrate a different artist every month, and a quarterly zine released for each season that shares ritual ideas, recipes, art, poetry, meditation, and so much more. It's time to enter the temple. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Dance of the Seventh Daughter podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Um, We are in the Samhain portal still. We are in this incredibly powerful portal um, as we approach another full moon um, where our ancestors are reaching out to us. And you might have felt their presence more easily or you might have been having lots of strange and vivid dreams if you're like me. I haven't been getting much sleep, but thank you so much, spirits. Um, But it's been a very potent and powerful time. And I wanted to share a little bit of that with you guys today as we are in the Witch's New Year portal. So I'm going to talk a bit about the Witch's New Year. Um, And I'm actually going to be reading from two articles. I've put them together. Um, Articles from my digital seasonal zine titled Dance of the Seventh Daughter, of course. Um, And this zine is half off right now in the marketplace if you are looking for some extra goddess goodness. And you can find that by going right on the website, seventhdaughter.org, and clicking on Marketplace, and you can learn all about that. Okay, let's get into it. Across cultures, timelines, and religions, there are a multitude of goddesses who stand at the threshold of death. Their domain may be the underworld, the cremation grounds, or the halls of Valhalla. Maybe... They stand at the crossroads or the liminal spaces between life and death. They can sometimes be depicted as crones or hags. Maybe they are fierce with long lolling tongues dripping with blood. Maybe the top halves of their bodies are beautiful and the bottom is that of a long serpent's. They can be depicted as both demonic and divine. But that doesn't mean that we should fear them. Goddesses who stand at the threshold of death are guides to help us face our inner selves. These goddesses help us embrace our shadow and step into the deep and murky waters of self-exploration and discovery. Yes, that can be scary to confront yourself honestly and wholly without judgment, but in doing so, We're given an opportunity to transform into a new version of ourselves. Enter the Kayach. I am so sorry to all my Gaelic speakers. I am doing my best. (laughs) 
I have Googled the Kayak's name for so many years, and I am wrapping my American tongue around um, her beautiful name. So I apologize to those of you listening going, oh my God, that sounds awful. But yes, we are celebrating the Kayak and the Witch's New Year. So obviously, as I just said, I'm based in the United States. So Halloween for us, for anyone listening who's not, is always October 31st. Um, I'm not sure about these sorts of traditions in other places around the world. Um, I feel like there are many festivals that have to do with harvest and the ending of one year and the beginning of another around this time, but to call it Halloween feels very Western. Um, but our Halloween is actually a descendant of the Celtic Samhain or the witch's new year, as many of us like to call it. And again, as I just mentioned, um, Samhain isn't the only festival or holiday or sabbat or um, celebration that takes place around this very time. Many cultures from all over the world have different harvest festivals and feasts and celebrations for a new year as we enter winter around this time. But I digress. Samhain is an old Celtic tradition marking the turn of the wheel towards winter. November 1st was considered the new year and the first day of winter. Um, Although, (laughs) if you are in the Northern Hemisphere like I am right now, it does not feel the way it should. It's been in the high 60s all this past week. And that's really really scary actually that does not bode well for our planet so definitely something to think about but yes november 1st is supposed to be (laughs) the first day of winter it's also said that during the samhain portal the veil between worlds is thin i know we've we've all heard that a lot the veil between worlds is thin spirits walk the earth ancestors come to visit more easily and communication with the dead is more abundant. I have been having wild dreams these past couple of days, these past weeks, really. I haven't been sleeping very well. The moon is about to be full again, but my dreams have been absolutely insane. So please, spirits, chill on my brain. I would like to get some sleep. Thank you. But this is where we are. And I wonder if many of you have been having strange and crazy dreams as well. But yeah, there are actually many dates throughout the month of November that are sacred and connected with various goddesses across many different traditions and cultures. So for example, the Japanese goddess Hetsui no Kami is honored with a Shinto festival on November 8th, and the Persian goddess Anahita, or Ardvisura Anahita, is celebrated with a festival on November 18th. But as the Celtic Kayek is a goddess of transformation, I'd like to bring her into the conversation during this time. So the Kayek, or the Veiled One, rules over the winter landscape and the harsh, cold winds of winter. She often appears as an old crone cloaked in mystery. 
Her clothes are gray, and she wears a shawl over her shoulders. Her skin is gaunt and bluish, and she resembles that of a corpse. She has a single eye in the middle of her forehead, suggesting she has the ability to see beyond all time and space. She kind of reminds me of Odin in that respect, how he gave up his eye for the ability to see. So some suggest that the Kayak's origins are actually pre-Celtic and that she is older than time itself. And in some traditions, the Kayak is associated with wolves and in others, she's a shapeshifter and has the ability to transform into a bird. So there are many who fear her and write her off as evil, but it's not that simple. In fact, she is not only a goddess of winter and death, but of creation as well. How could that be? How can you be a goddess of both death and creation? Well, let me explain. So every Samhain Eve, the Kayak enters a river to wash her shawl. Once the shawl is completely clean and white, she casts it over the land and blankets it with snow. Thus, her reign has begun. During the winter months, she rides across the land, crushing any sign of growth. But she also does something not very cool. She kidnaps Brigid, the personification of spring, and keeps her hidden away. It is said that the Kayak has many children, but in this tale, it is her son Angus, the king of summer, who dreams about the captured Brigid, and upon learning that she is meant to be his bride, embarks on a journey to free Brigid and defeat his own mother. So Angus frees his bride on the eve of Imolk, or the eve of spring. The Kayak pursues her son and his lover, engaging in battle all throughout the night. And at that moment where Angus is about to inflict the final and fatal blow, the Kayak escapes by turning herself into a stone. And she stays that way until Samhain Eve, where her reign over winter will begin again. So yes... It is very easy, especially hearing a story like that, to look at the Kayak and only see an old crone goddess that brings about the death of the land, symbolizing the onset of winter. But she also makes way for the land to transform. Death must take place in order for rebirth and regrowth to happen. The Kayak paves the way for transformation. So maybe maybe, 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 light a candle for her, leave an offering. Um, if you're struggling with something particularly difficult and you don't know which direction you need to take in life or you don't know which direction um, or which choice you should make, maybe call upon the kayak. But don't do so unwisely or ungraciously. There are some spirits... Um, well, I believe there's no, well, I don't want to say there's no such thing as an evil spirit because I, I don't agree with that statement. But I think that more often than not, many of the spirits or deities or goddesses or however you wish to refer to them, energies even, that exist in the world are more complex and complicated than just good versus evil. And the Kayak is a force to be reckoned with. Um, and to call upon her, just 
takes, you know, some respect as well. So maybe light a candle and leave her an offering. Um, I have an apple pie recipe in this digital zine. Maybe leave her a piece of pie (laughs) and thank her. Thank the Kayach. Thank this goddess for the opportunity to go inward so that we may meet ourselves and come out on the other side transformed. So leave that offering and thank her and ask her for guidance, ask her for help, ask her to help point you in the right direction. Um, You can honor the Kayach and all of the goddesses of death and transformation throughout the entire month of November and beyond. Um, I think it's really healthy actually to engage with conversations around death in this way because death more often than not is symbolic as well even when we experience a real physical death and we experience this awful heart-wrenching um emotion of loss and longing and heartbreak it's creating transformation within us and as messed up as it sounds it does provide us with an opportunity to reflect and remember and be grateful either for what we still do have um for the memory shared between us and this person or or our beloved pets oh my goodness i'm thinking of my dog turtle who passed away um it's almost his birthday, actually. It will be his birthday soon, I just realized. You know, it's really, really sad when we think about these things. But death can also be this metaphorical, metaphysical, symbolic sort of death where we pave the way for expansiveness. We pave the way for something new to enter our lives and bring us joy. Um we've been doing a lot of discussing in our house around which direction we should take, which path we should walk down. Are these jobs fulfilling us? Is this the career we want? Um, Are we centering our lives around work, 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 and not leaving space for any joy? What kind of lifestyle are we living where we don't have a choice but to center work at the foremost important thing as the foremost important thing in our lives? I mean, it sucks. It does. Um, Whenever I make an episode and I say things like, let it go so that you can create space for something new, I'm not saying that lightly. (laughs) I'm not saying that with a disregard to the very real um, things that people experience, that we all experience, right? Like we have bills to pay. We have people to support. We have loved ones who are sick and need help. We have children. We have pets. We have jobs. We have responsibilities. We have to keep the lights on. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying any of these things idly, thinking that it's easy to just... <sighs> throw stuff away for the sake of transformation. (laughs) No, no, definitely not. And that's why I think being able to call on a goddess like the Kayach is so important. She can help us 
pave the way. She can help us make decisions. Her, Hecate, um, Kali, these destroyer, um, crossroad-esque goddesses, we can sit there and let the road be revealed to us. Now, that doesn't mean that the journey will then become easy. No, no, no. Transformation and change takes risk, um, takes trust and faith and belief in oneself, and it takes hard work. And sometimes we're exhausted and thinking about doing one more thing, thinking about throwing away what is comfortable and known is really fucking terrifying. You know, I just had a conversation with my boyfriend, like, what would happen if I quit my job tomorrow? Like, what what lies beyond this resistance? What lies beyond this fear? Does the universe really got my back? Does the goddess really support me in my decisions? You know, what lies beyond is fear. It's the unknown. And it's very scary to navigate on your own. And we don't have to. We don't have to navigate these spaces on our own. As someone who really does not have immediate family support and always had really difficult um, familial relations, especially with the women in my family, I always thought I was doing it alone. I was going at it alone. I was making all these choices by myself. And if I failed and if I fucked up, there was no security blanket. No one is supporting me. I'm entering the unknown by myself. I've had a slew of really awful relationships where those people didn't support me either. I didn't have the emotional maturity or know-how to be able to articulate to friends what I needed. Um, I had the goddess. And I know that might sound a little silly. (laughs) The first time that I discovered that the goddess could be my mother or that I could initiate myself into the mysteries of... um, having a spiritual mother, everything changed for me. Everything fucking changed for me. The minute I went to women's circles, the minute that I held hands with other women and felt the spirit of the goddess, I went, holy fucking shit, this is it. I am never walking into the unknown alone. I am never walking into the mysteries alone. I am always guided by the goddess. And so... I feel that might be why I have a little bit of a strange affinity towards these like death-esque goddesses, not because I'm like obsessed with death or anything. If you met me, you would not think that at all. Um, I have unfortunately been described as like bubbly and fun and a little crazy and chaotic. And I'm like, want to be like dark and mysterious. And I'm just not. And, like, But the things that I'm drawn to... I think are dark and mysterious because I have found such powerful transformation through these goddesses, through these quote unquote dark mother goddesses. Um, I'm really fascinated in this concept of demonic and divine because the patriarchy paints women 
who don't fit into their ideal of wholesome and loving, but also somehow super sexual. Um, They paint them as old hags and old crones and scary bitches and um, women who need to be tamed, you know, all of that sort of thing. And I love that they don't fit into this patriarchal norm that makes people comfortable. These goddesses that represent the dark feminine aspects of ourselves do not fit into the patriarchal norms and therefore they are deemed as demonic and scary when really they can provide us with the most love, support, and transformation. That can be really scary, mind you. Having to look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself and say, okay, well, I've been lying to myself here. I've been lying to myself there. You know, I keep making this choice that stems from trauma. I keep repeating cycles and patterns it is comfortable for me to live in this land of toxicity or abuse because I don't know what lies on the other side and I don't feel empowered enough to go for it. Holy fuck, the first time I said that to myself, everything changed. Everything changed. And anytime I find myself slipping into these patterns, by the way, a whole fucking lot of the time, it doesn't just transform magically overnight, although I wish it would. Some things do. Some things take a lot of time and work and practice. And especially if you grew up in a toxic environment or you've ever been in an abusive relationship of any kind, you know those things take time. And being able to lean on these goddesses that will literally rip a man's head off and drink his fucking blood. I'm looking at you, Kali. And then straddle his corpse body (laughs) to be like, here you go, girl, paved a path for you. Love that for her, okay? Love that for her, love that for me. Because sometimes we need to be reminded of our power. We need to be reminded of our innate feminine power. And these dark goddesses can do that for us which is why society says they are demons or bad or scary when really they're just powerful. And I encourage you to embody that energy as we go into the darker months. Put your fucking self first. Put yourself first. November, December, January. Three is a powerful number for three months. Oh, this is a challenge. I'm going to go on the internet and I'm going to make this a challenge. (laughs) We have all these other challenges. So I'm going to challenge all of you to do um, three months of putting yourself first every single day. That can look like anything. Um, Do you get up 30 minutes earlier than you normally would so that you can sit alone with yourself and do whatever your body needs? Or flip side, do you sleep an extra 30 minutes because that's what your body needs? Do you say screw it and you go get yourself that cup of fucking coffee on the way to work? Or do you say yo fuck it 
you're taking the kids tonight and I'm going to yoga or I'm going to go to Target and buy fucking decorations. Like, what is it that you can do that puts yourself first? Do you drink more water? Do you drink more tea? I want to drink more tea. I'm trying to lay off the caffeine. <laughs> I As soon as I get like a hit of caffeine in the morning, I'm like wired, like texting people like, hey, what's up? It's like... <laughs> really not good I should be focused and I'm like who wants to be friends I'm trying to lay off the caffeine a little bit um I feel like it's having adverse effects on me but how do you put yourself first three months of putting yourself first and little things teeny teeny tiny things maybe you go for a walk maybe you cuddle your cat for 10 minutes instead of jumping right into the next thing you have to do on your to-do list yeah that's my challenge that's it my whole challenge. Um, but speaking of goddesses and speaking of things to do for three months, <laughs> it's not going to be that long. But I'm in the middle of creating. Oh, my cat just attacked my blinds. Fabulous. My cat is the embodiment of the dark feminine. She does whatever she wants when <laughs> whenever she wants. But yes, I'm creating a completely free, it's either going to be a really small program or an introductory workshop of some kind that is geared towards goddess spirituality. Um, I had a couple of people write in and say that they'd really like um, something that's geared towards people who have never, ever been exposed to goddess spirituality before um, or even goddess history. And so I'm looking at that as like a sort of introduction thing. Um, But I'm curious to hear your thoughts. What would you like to see? What do you want to know? Um, What would be the most beneficial thing for you? And remember, this is going to be completely free. What I want to do in the future is open back up some of the programs I've had in the past that are centered around goddess spirituality and um, goddess worship. So I really want to cater to the needs of the community on this one. So write in, let me know if you're listening on Spotify, there's one of those question things. Um, let me know and we'll talk about it. So yeah, thanks for listening. Go light a candle for whichever goddess you choose. Send me a picture. I'd really love to see it. And thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.